Hi, you're listening to Go See a Show, New York City's independent theater podcast. Welcome back to the podcast, Phoenix Theater Ensemble, who were last on the mic with me discussing the cult play. Now they're closing out their season focusing on charismatics with a play about one of the most well-known charismatic leaders of all time, Mr. Jesus Christ himself, with their production of Robert Patrick's Judas. I spoke with director Craig Smith, who also plays Pilot in the show, as well as fellow performer Elise Stone, playing Mary after a recent performance. Take a listen. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, once again, Phoenix Theater Ensemble. Uh, this time at the Wild Project. Welcome back to the podcast. Say your name so we refresh who uh, who goes with the voice. Uh, and let me know what you did on Judas. Uh, yeah, I'm Craig Smith, and I played Pilot, and I directed the show. And I'm Elise Stone, and I play Mary. And uh, I hope with... Um, you know, some more like uh, savvy theater folks who are into the indie theater scene. Uh, you'll say the name Judas and say the playwright is Robert Patrick and people are like, oh my God, I got to go see this show because it's Robert Patrick. And, and sadly, the, this man who is so important to the independent theater scene, his work is not done as often as uh, some of us would like. Uh, I, for one, had never seen this and, and had not read it, so it was really a treat for me. But for those who are uninitiated and have never heard the name Robert Patrick, uh, and don't know his uh, his fabulous history. Like, uh, please introduce us to the work of Mr. Patrick, as well as what Judas is. What is this particular piece for him? Yeah, I think that's a really a good point, uh, Rob. Is um, uh, Robert is a, one of our most prolific playwrights, uh, and he came out of the uh, days of the Chino. Um, he did not get the kind of uh, recognition that a lot of the others did. Uh, Lanford Wilson. Um, and uh, uh, Doric Wilson, Sam Shepard, Harvey Firestein, and that, you know. Um, and uh, Robert, you know, has been kind of known as like the, the, the gay playwright, uh, particularly of New York. Um, and in the 1970s, he was like with Samuel French, he was like the, one of the most produced playwrights uh, in, uh, in, 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 I believe, in the country at that time. Um, but interestingly enough, his I, I, his most famous play, Kennedy's Children, is not doesn't is not does not lean heavily at all on the gay themes, and this play, which I personally think is is and I don't know all of his work. I know some of his work. Uh, I think this is a terrific piece of theater, and uh, uh, Robert has said that he thinks it his is his best play. Uh, Don Shuey, the critic, has said it's his masterpiece. Uh, and it has just been neglected. Um, Bible stories aren't necessarily terribly popular, you know. Uh, and it, it, you know, it really, I, I keep telling people it's not really a Bible story, but it's a Bible story that, that is a metaphor for something else. Which they all were, I mean, right? Like even Jesus' parables are parables. Why can't we treat this as a parable? And it works beautifully that way. It does, and uh, you know, he wrote this in the 1970s, and it was a kind of a response to the um, protests that were going on at the Vietnam War, the civil the civil rights movement, and the feminist movement as well, and and he was concerned with the the young person who did not know where to align. Tell me what to do. I love that line. <laughs> yeah. That monologue is so good. Yeah, it really is. You know, and and you see that that you know and 
And, and, and Robert, you know, he, he says that, that young men, uh, you know, their, their concern is morality. They want to do good. They want to be good. Well, it, it just, you know, it, it, it means so much to us, I think, where we are right now. When you think about the millennials, you think about Parkland, and you think about the, uh, those protests against uh, the NRA, and then that movement of those young people and things like that. And, and it, it really speaks to, to today as well. And, and the other uh, good thing about it is that uh, Robert has given both sides such equal weight. Uh, you got Pilate, who is an atheist kind of belief in a utopian society, which is a kind of a, 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 a one that will be, uh, um, I always get the word, a liber, uh, libertarian. Libertarian, libertarian, thank you. Libertarian, there, there we go. Yeah, that's yeah, that's right. That, I mean, he wants a kind of libertarian kind of government, you know, where, where there's hardly any government at all, no money, no gods, and, every, and, and, and all the collapsible. Rome is the strongest. It will bring everybody together. Then that society will collapse. But by that time, everybody will believe in the same thing, and it will be this utopian society. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy, and he's an atheist, you know. And he said the the universe will be as sane or as insane as we are, and you know, forget all the gods and all this kind of stuff and faith. But in the end, faith wins out. And there's a lot of uh, so I'm glad you brought up that whole like giving equal weight to both sides because the one thing that struck me about the play that was actually very um, it, it was it, it was interesting to note, and and I think you dealt with it theatrically, deftly. But there's a lot of words, and there's a lot of arguing, and there's a lot of like it's a very like I would imagine this would be a great play to read as well. Like most, so many plays, like I wouldn't want to read them, right? It's more like you got to get up on stage and do it. And this feels like I could probably read this as a philosophical treatise. So talk to me about like what does this mean to take something that is so wordy and to turn it into the lovely piece of theater that I just saw. I think that's actually a magic trick in and of itself. So talk to me about how you dealt with that. Well, I want to say, I think it's really interesting because when we would just read it, um, before we would put it on its feet, we would kind of go like, okay, but how, how does this work dramatically yeah, on why, its feet Why do I play? see this in the theater? But yeah. the interesting thing is, as soon as we put it on its feet, we were all like, oh my God. God, this is so relevant and it's so meaty and it is, it's so chock full of words and ideas. Um, I think Pilate's voice has the most poetic, actual, when I look at it and I listen to it, I'm like, he really gets the mouthfuls of alliterations and huge ideas, but he waxes very poetically for someone who sees himself as a kind of a pragmatic right. kind of guy, the bureaucrat. you know, <laughs> which I find really interesting is that much of his language ends up being, um, I think, very kind of romantically poetic. Mm -hmm. um, and I always wonder if he's actually in some ways the voice of, of Robert, but I'm not sure. Well, there's I'm something kind sure. of old school about it, you know. It, it's, uh, it's, 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 it, it, the, the pilot role is, is a real actor's role, you know, but, but it's kind of an old school actor's role where, you know, it, it requires this kind of classical kind of breath control and arcing of speeches. Some of those sentences are so long and lots of parenthetical in between to arc them correctly and to get to the final point 
point at the end and have your audience go with you and still understand it. Yeah. It's very it's it's challenging. Well, uh, it's a good thing as a director you had an actor that you could lean on <laughs> to do that. Yeah. Robert asked That's me if true. I was if I was getting along with my director. <laughs> and, uh, I said I'm getting along very well. But you know, actually, because we, we you know we worked at the Cocteau a lot, we did quite a bit of Shaw, and 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 there's there's a lot of that. similarity with the kind of speeches that are there. Uh, and interestingly enough, is that this play there was uh, interest uh, from some of the the great actors in doing the role of pilot. Uh, Gilgood looked at it. Uh, Jose Ferrar looked at it, and there were others who looked at it. It never quite got done, right? But it, 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 you can see that it's a role that would appeal to them. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the writing, the writing is brilliant. Mm -hmm. It's smart. I think Don Shuey said it is brain, uh, brain crackingly smart, and it is. It some is. some of those lines are just incredible, you know. Um, most uh, most rebels are just closet conformists <laughs> trying to bring true the lie that they were taught in their cribs. Yeah, you know, you just sit on that line. You know, you can ruminate on that line for like a long time. You know, and it's 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 cool. It's 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 uh, it's a pleasure to be able to say those words. Yeah. But even with all you know, even with all the language and the words, I think Robert beautifully captured the angst of the young person of Judas trying to figure out how he does the right thing. And I think also the dilemma that a lot of us feel, which is if I take, you know, what wherever I stand, wherever I stand, someone else is betrayed by my stance. I, that's it's exactly like, I can't what I like, be the every, latched onto, yeah. You know, how can I be the everything to everybody? And none of us can be the everything. None of us can make the, you know, the choices that will allow us to do that. Yeah, I'm and a Roman, I'm a Jew, I'm a, what, I guess I'm a Christian. Yeah, like, and, and, how, and how do I feel like I'm betraying all of you? That's yeah. such a really and I think that's a dilemma for anyone who's trying to live some kind of ethical, humane Absolutely. life in a really messed up world. And the world is really messed up for Judas and the world is really messed up for all of us right now. So I really, you know, when I listen to Judas's struggle, I feel like it's so human. So there's all these wonderful words and all this wonderful language and all of these very big thoughts and ideas and then there's this really humanness and then there's you know then there's the jesus family which is very it's family you know yeah. it's so and we all struggle with that too is you know what the parent sees you as as opposed to what you are in right. the that places where you don't Mary was not something i don't i don't think i've ever seen yeah she's very she's very um i know that we upset somebody just by posting a quote in an email blast of Mary's, out of context, not even saying who she was talking to or about, and someone who, um, someone felt it was blasphemy and it was deeply I'm insulting, so, and they which they asked us to unsubscribe them from our email list, and they didn't want anything. Do you remember which line it to was? do with us? No, what she was, was just she was just. I, I think that was. Um, it was one of the ones that you say, you know, I, I want you to rise up to go. And, you know, it, it was one of the rabble rousing lines of Mary and say, you know, basically say, Jesus, get off your butt. We need you now. You get to Jerusalem, you're going to lose and you're going to get the Romans out. You know, well, 
this does not fit well with actually, everybody's idea of what marriage yeah, is. Yeah, I actually think it was the line that I say to Joseph, I want what you would want if the heart of our history was not torn out of you. I want our leaders, our law, our land that God gave us. That's I think exactly right. that was right. the line that you yeah. did. So it, But it had no context of where, but I think it was merely the treatment of of a Mary who somewhere between accepting from the appearance of an angel that she was going to be impregnated to the time when she is at the foot of the cross, our experience of Mary is that she is silent. She really doesn't live in those years. And all of a sudden, Robert has portrayed her. She's a mother who has raised a kid who she happens to think is supposed to be king of the Jews. She she misses the Messiah thing altogether. Yeah. That doesn't that part and and uh, the way Jesus talks to her and says, "You do not know. You have not studied. You have no idea." And she says, that's, "I do." You're supposed to, you know, interaction between child and mother because like he she's like, "You don't understand." He's like, "You don't understand. Neither of you are saying what the other doesn't get." Yeah, and it's in the first so scene, in the first scene she can't say because Joseph has told her not to, that she is not allowed to say it. And and Jesus is afraid to say it. So the mother and the son are like dancing around each other. Yeah. Not really, you know, both of them sort of thinking the other person knows what they're trying to communicate, but neither one of them actually do. Right. So that, you know, the sadness, of course, for Mary is at the end is that she has, this was not the outcome that she had sought at all, right. you know, it was yeah, her son, the doctor, her son, yeah. her son, the king of the Jews, you know, her son, the politician. It was and when not. when he says that's not it. Yeah, and she's like, and she's a revolutionary. She's a woman who's living in an occupied, uh, colonized land in bondage, and she thinks that her son, you know, she, will do what she can't do. She can't be the revolutionary who's going to change things, but that he can. Um, by virtue of his maleness and his divine birth and everything else. But she misses the mark as to what, you know, what that outcome is, as he keeps trying to tell her, but doesn't straight up tell her, you know. So they have that family communication. They're not really, really, right. really talking to I each other. I love the scene but... in Jerusalem where, you know, uh, Jesus is there with uh, his disciples, um, uh, Peter and Judas. And, you know, they have a, like a hero worship on him. He is this charismatic and he is this, you know, great man, the Messiah, the Savior. And, and then his mom arrives. <laughs> and, oh, my God, my, my, my superhero has a mom. And they fight. And, 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 and it's, it's, it's like, you know, this image of him is trashed in front of them. So, you know, they see this, 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 this really, this real person who has to deal with domestic issues, right. you know. Uh, it, 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 there's something ultimately terribly human about it. It happens to every superstar. Uh, I really, I mean, I think every superstar, you know, has that time they're walking, you know, say you're walking the red carpet and you're Beyonce and your mom shows up and yeah. kind of is like, Honey, I don't like that dress on you, or <laughs> whatever it is. Yeah, and it brings them down to human level. Well, she is the it's ultimate like, Jewish mother. You know, she is. her son is not a doctor or a lawyer, but he is the Messiah. He is the most <laughs> learned person in, in all of Judea. You know. He's, so I want to take it back. Last question. I want to take it back to that idea of like, what do we do? Um, what do you think this play is saying? Um, you, you alluded to the fact that it's very appropriate to the time. Um, and we have this question that Judas presents to us. Like, what am I, tell me what to do. What am I supposed to do? Um, other than come to the show, 
<laughs> what, uh, what are we supposed to do? I think we're supposed to question, you know, I, I, I think it is, you know, that's, he's given both sides such great arguments. Uh, certainly Pilate should be questioned, his atheism, his, you know, bizarre I- idealistic, uh, you know, uh, vision for the world. And Jesus should be questioned as well at the way that Pilate does. He says, what in the hell are you doing this for? You know how useful you could be, but no, you're going to cart yourself off and you're going to be sacrificed. And, and nobody comes out good in this play. Right. Nobody, you know, uh, and, uh, and, and, I, and that is a concern. But there is ultimately, ultimately there is faith wins. Faith, you know, wins over reason over moral logic, uh, the faith, the simple faith of Jesus wins. Um, and I guess I think that if we believe that, we should be willing to question it, you know. Um, yeah, I think it leaves, for me, I think it leaves um, just the sense that we need to keep asking questions, that we need, you know, that like Judas, we should be asking questions and we should be asking, you know, where, where is our place in doing the right thing? What is the right thing and how do I, you know, how do I get there and how do I do it? Um, which I also find ultimately Jewish about this play, which I find <laughs> funny from Robert Patrick, but this, you know, yeah. is that that it is about the questions more than about the answers in it, the end it's about asking the right question and it really fit in well with our season this year because our season this year was about charismatics you know and people who follow charismatics and usually to a bad end so we started out with tartuffe uh you know with this um con man but we tried to ask the questions that maybe this con man is somebody who is capable of miracles you know and we we've never gone there before and he's just this crazy monk uh, who is capable of you know doing miracles? So that was fun to go there, and then we did the cult play, uh, which was about a cult, and then ending up with this one where we have you know basically two charismatics. You have of course uh, Jesus of Nazareth, but you also have the thought and the muscular intelligence of Pilate, yeah. you know, and that's charis- and, that, and that, that there's charisma with that as well. Well, it's lovely stuff. We are at the Wild Projects, and y'all run just through this coming weekend, right? That's right. Mother's Day. 12th? 13th. Mother's Day. Uh, Great. And uh, tickets and more information can be found at? Yeah, www. It's uh, phoenixtheaterensemble.org, or uh, you can uh, telephone us 212-352-3101. We're also on Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff. I love that you had mentioned the old school earlier and then you throw down a phone number. That's amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, great. Thank you both so much for doing yeah. this. And okay. great work. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you, Craig and Elise, for hanging out after the show to chat. You can catch Phoenix Theater Ensemble's production of Judas, written by Robert Patrick at The Wild Project, 195 East 3rd Street in Manhattan, through May 13th, 2018. Head to phoenixtheaterensemble.org, that's theater with an R-E, for a link to tickets and more information. Thanks to you for listening into the podcast. If you dig it, please like it on Facebook, facebook.com slash go see a show. Follow at go see a show on Twitter and 
rate and or comment on the show's Apple Podcasts page. Until next time, go see a show. Excellent. Thank you very much. That's great.